0: I can't bring Mitch. You're listening to Not Good Enough. An inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And I'm Evie. We don't even have Isaac. It's a ghost ship. Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the lunatics.
2: <laughs> We're also recording this on 7pm on a Monday. You're listening to Not Good Enough Nights.
0: Yeah, Not Good Enough recently had dinner energy mode. We're yeah. Packed full.
2: <laughs> too late in the day for caffeine. Too early in the day for, I don't know, what's it, Sleep? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not allowed to nap. We got to record. We're all rolling high off the great news of yesterday, where South Australia had an election and Labor kicked out the Liberals. Our new glorious leaders are in. It's mm. South Australia. Gosh, th- th- things are looking bright ahead. I reckon.
1: Uh, it's really. Yeah, I guess it's... so. <laughs> I- I'll yeah, admit, I was come not and rain on this parade? Even? <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, I actually did not know that an election was happening in South Australia until like the actual victory was called so I was like oh that's a nice surprise (laughs) let me read a bit more about this guy
2: yeah I was not paying close attention I'm sorry for any listeners from South Australia I think most the rest of the country went oh they have elections there yeah. Last I heard from you guys, your railway was underwater. Did that get fixed? I think that got fixed. This is, I'm sorry, this is very harsh.
1: No, I, I yeah. think, like, look, it, it's a bit unfair, but for most, like, people in Victoria, the, the most capacity we had to recognise South Australia in the last two years was really being fucked off when they didn't understand that we were locked down. <laughs> so whenever they <laughs> shut down for, like, a day and freaked out about it, we are like, you guys are pussies. Like, come on, we've been shut down for three months. You don't know
2: what a lockdown is
0: lockdown is
2: we have a lot of main character syndrome <laughs> but <laughs> south australia you guys are doing great with your renewable power you know yep. the rest of the country gives you shit for your flavored milks but i think they're great I so like it. adelaide
0: it cbd is surrounded by a big ring park it's so nice did you guys nice. know that i did not i did not it's, know it's that. A, just a the whole thing the whole thing's surrounded by a big park. It's lovely. I can't It's believe- got a real big park surrounding the whole thing. Also, their museum's really good. I think... It's really well curated. McLean, mm-hmm. you
1: just Adelaide-pilled me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't realise that that was where this episode was going, but anyway. <laughs> I like
0: Adelaide a lot. I've, every time I visited, I've had a lovely time.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to find the motto for South Australian tourism, but I, a quick Google didn't reveal it.
0: <laughs> South Australia, our museum's
2: really well curated.
1: They did have red right hand as their um, song on their um, tourism ads, oh, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool.
0: To, 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 to rewind a little, I was taking the piss a bit about <laughs> Labor being the new glorious leader. Their the, the new leader is Peter Malinowskis. It, the, there was a huge swing towards Labor from the last uh, election results, which is uh, delightful to see just because it's pleasant to imagine like Liberal Party strategists and stuff yes. getting really stressed out, even if it's just South Australian Liberal Party strategists who knows what kind of – Ramifications this will have federally, absolutely, who knows? But mm. massive swings against the Liberals in South Australia. Always good and to see. That fact alone is lovely.
2: Yeah. Mm. Peter
0: it- Malinoskis himself seems to have some uh, conservative views yeah
1: like, he's a former secretary of the sda <laughs> i've
0: seen some stuff that's just like he seems homophobic he mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't seem like a glorious left-wing leader yeah he he, he used to uh, be the secretary of the sda which is a notoriously uh conservative and notoriously anti-retail worker union <laughs> they're the retail workers union but they're, they they they're the union that the bosses are like <laughs> join this union which is always a bit yeah you know that's never a good sign his, I, I, I watched his victory speech, uh, which had some good stuff in it, I, I kind of. Let them say that we took this
1: opportunity to deliver an economy that left no-one behind. Let them say that we took this opportunity to invest in education, training and skills so that every young person could fulfil their potential. Let them say... Let them say that this generation realised the opportunity of a clean energy future and all the jobs it can provide... Let them say that we had a generational investment in health and mental health to ensure that when people call triple zero, the ambulance rolls up on time.
0: Like... uh,
1: Yeah? Uh, uh, First of all, I just want to say that it's funny that he's changed the whole, like, cliche of the trains run on time to the ambulance rolls up on time. Good Lord. What the fuck? the bar (laughs) has been set low. I'm... (laughs) What the
0: fuck? When I was listening to this speech the first time around, like, and obviously it's got all the, you know, the the young Labor staffers wildly cheering in the background. I was like, Mm. oh, this actually sounds pretty good. But as I was transcribing it into the doc, I was like, Oh, he's just doing the labour thing again. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, we'll make sure that nobody's left behind by investing in training. Mm. So, I mean, obviously, if you you don't have a job, you'll be left behind. Get a job.
2: (laughs) But there's plenty of training. But of
0: the people who have training and skills, who have taken advantage, who aren't lazy... Yeah. They won't be left fulfill alive. their the potential people, is I could fulfill think it their it potential.: Good you yeah. If and they if decide we'd... to waste their potential by being a dirty povo, <laughs> you're dead. Right? If
2: we can <laughs> just find enough jobs, just we just need mm. more jobs. that's the, the problem is always not enough people have well-paying jobs
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, let's let the, the the this is this generation that realised the opportunity of a clean energy future mm. and all the jobs it could provide. That's the main mm. thing. That's the main thing with climate it's is what we jobs. want out of it yeah. is not the continued sort of survival of the human race. Jump, jump, jump! The jobs it could provide. Here's love those jobs.
2: <laughs> I love the opportunity of a clean energy future. It's like mm. saying if you've got diabetes, uh, I hope you can realise the opportunity of insulin. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. I wouldn't call that an, an opportunity because an opportunity is something that's nice if you can take it. This is a necessity. This is yeah. a, this is a desperate need.
0: The, the next sentence, he proves that he gets it right because he doesn't say we need to realize the opportunity of waiting four hours for an ambulance. No, it's right? just like no, it needs to show up. Yeah, but we got the climate crisis. There's an opportunity. He's looking at the floodplains. He's like.
2: Ah. We can get some jobs out of this. Imagine the opportunity all the clean-up work is going to create. It's not a climate crisis. It's a climate crisis Opportunity.
1: <laughs> I keep thinking of the last, like, the ambulance rolls up on time. Like, first of all, once again, very horrifying way to put that. Like, you may uh-huh. not die. It will turn up when you think it's going to turn up. Oh,
2: look, I don't I don't mind that. I think
0: it acknowledges
2: that there's a problem to solve <laughs> rather
0: than trying to frame it as, as a, a good thing which is what's fucked about the consistent labour stance about the climate crisis.
1: It's just like that whole sentence. So just to say again what he said, he said, we had a generational investment in health and mental health to ensure that when people call triple zero, the ambulance rolls up on time. It's like, okay, obviously you can't describe everything that's needed for a generational investment in health and mental health, but the ambulances are like, a very small part of the problem.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I think that's nitpicking. I think, a little I nitpick. think that's nitpicking well. uh, allowed don't to know. use it. Oh, because God. if you want to, yeah, if you want to summarise, like, a healthcare thing, you can say, because ambulances not being available, not having enough ambulances drivers, and those drivers being underpaid, and all the COVID stuff, meaning ambulances yeah, are yeah. fucked. Like, you got to pick something. Ambulances always being able to get you in time. That's a good thing to pick. I'm yeah. Fine.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. It's Fair like enough. saying plenty of I'm not, I, I'm not being I'm, gracious like, towards the SDA um, former <laughs> secretary, <Yeah>. new <laughs> premier of South Australia. But Evie, he's my friend. <laughs> but uh, look, it's it, in so as like it being an example of the tide turning potentially toward looking towards the federal election. It is huge the kind of landslide mm. that has happened here. Like you know, mm. it, it, like. Putting aside how, you know, bad or good this guy is, this does seem to indicate that there is, like, a loss of faith in the Liberal Party that they may yeah. have to be panicking yeah. about right now.
0: It's, it's yeah. one that, I, I, like, I think my main takeaway from this is... Who knows, right? Like South Australia is not Australia. (laughs) Get out! (laughs) Uh, It's it's, South Australia is not federal Australia, and like the sort of a lot of the sort of um, context of it is different. Like he was apparently quite popular compared to his rival Uh, Anthony Albanese is not particularly popular compared to Scott Morrison. Like there's Mm. there's 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 different shit going on. I I think it's really really difficult to sort of extrapolate from South Australia to say this is a sign that the federal election is going to be a big swing against the Liberal Party. Like, fully who knows. I think the thing that you just genuinely definitely can take away from it is the South Australian Liberals are having a horrible day and that's good (laughs) because they're bad people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Um... just, like, the schadenfreude is free. You can have it. Like, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I still enjoy it.
0: Uh, I I think also there's a thing. I've seen a lot of people trying to, like, say, like, ah. He's from the SDA. He's like said some sort of questionably homophobic and like sort of anti woke stuff in the past. Uh, that sort of thing. Like, it's it, this isn't good news that he's won. The guy's a dickhead. Mm. And sure, he's a politician. Mm. He's a head of a Labour Party politician. I'm hundred percent on board that he's a dickhead. He's also like promising, you know, clean energy investment. Which, uh, regardless of how he's framing it in his victory speech, I'm I'm very pro that. I, I just think that. Whenever somebody has won an election, sort of, who cares about like what you reckon he's gonna do? He's in. Yeah. Look at what he does. Judge him on that. And I think that's especially true if you know if if you if your freaking hero gets in. You know, like people loved Bernie Sanders in the 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 U.S. election. Yeah. The mm. day that Bernie Sanders wins the election, you know, in an alternate history, right? The day that Bernie Sanders gets in, that's the day that you're like. All right, now Bernie Sanders is the head of the system that's oppressing us. Mm-hmm.
1: What are you going to do? How do, do about we fight it?
0: him? Like, an election, you're not electing who's going to be your friend, you're electing who's going to be your enemy. Right, Like, if you would elect somebody who is less opposed to you, that you have fewer things to fight them on, that's good, but it doesn't mean that they're working for you anymore. That's such a good point,
1: Tom, because, like, I think that is, like, an argument that doesn't get put on Biden. Like, you know, sorry to use the US example again, because it was all, like, you know, US politics is a lot about the personality of who Mm. you're trying to elect as president. And then once they're instated as president, it's like, okay, so... You're not my friend anymore. You weren't my friend in the first place. I want, I, you know, I've, people have trusted you to enact these things to make the system less bad for me. How are you going to do that? You're not going to get like
0: a soft run. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you ever give a head of state a soft run? Yeah. Like, that, that should never happen. Yeah. Like, we could elect any sort of left wing Australian, you know, icon. <laughs> There's so many. I mean, name,
2: <laughs> name every Labour government. Uh, you know, Julia Gillard gets in, everyone's like, great. And then she's like, now let's fuck over single mums. Yeah. Right, of but
0: I, I also mean, like, even your, like, elect me as Prime Minister. Oh, right. right? Yeah. I'm still, like, I, I, mm. I passionately believe in every single cause that I support, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's by, by definition. I'm still not going to, like, fully... You know, manage to advance every cause that you support. There's some stuff that you're going to have to fight me on those things. And you should. Yeah.
2: McLean gets in. I'm like, another white man. (laughs) 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 The
0: the, the person who gets elected is the head of the system that's oppressing you.
1: Yeah. And this actually is also, it's a good point that you mentioned that because also, like, the Labour Party always likes to bring up the perfect is the enemy of good whenever people ask for, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sort of (laughs) sweeping changes. And Mm. Yeah, perfect is the enemy of good. We're always gonna ask for you to be perfect. We're always gonna ask for more. Do you think we're just gonna settle for like <laughs> tiny little bit of scraps? Like, not, no, fucking We're not even
2: je- asking you for, to be perfect, Labour. We're asking you to just try it. Oh. <laughs> just, just literally any effort would be nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the thing. The perfect is like it, the, the 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 fact that something isn't perfect isn't a reason to not implement a particular policy, but. Mm. It's still the goal, right? You still aim for that. Yes. The if someone's Labor- like, hey, this would be better. You shouldn't be like, fuck off. You should <laughs> be like, it would, but it's unachievable for XYZ reason. We're going to do this. And then that person <clears throat> should
2: push back because th- 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 y- y- you're allowed to fight. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and Labor's-, Labor's job right now is just being the enemy of bad. And they're not even doing that. They're not even doing a very good job. <laughs> like, perfect that. isn't the enemy of good. You're not good. We want you to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's a thing
0: that, that I'm sort of thinking about here where I, I think that there's a desire with any sort of political fight for that fight to be won, mm. right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, we really want this particular thing, whether it's an election or a particular policy, that you're like, we just want this to be, we just want to win it. And mm. then once we've won it, we're and everything done. Everything will
2: be better. <laughs> and yep. then
0: we're okay. And that is a fake idea. Yeah. It's just not real at all. Like no matter what happens, things could always be better. And mm. I like sorry sorry to be cynical, but practically speaking no matter what happens in our lifetimes, things will always be very very horrible for some large section of the population. Mm. Like the the the, the left wing fight is not one that we will see a victory overall in ever yeah. no way yeah. a ridiculous idea to hold yeah absurd uh, but i think that people really want to
2: believe for that, that there's a simple fix kind of thing yeah, yeah.
1: they they want to fix and look I, I especially after like two point whatever years of pandemic i'm very sympathetic to that feeling but also like this is this is a fight that's of like just activism generally like the fight is never over. The fight continues. Yeah. No no victory is a final victory. Like, you know, I've mentioned it before with, like, gay rights as well. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, like, you know, sometimes I do think that, like, people sit in that sort of mindset of um, once we've won that victory, we can all relax. No, because once you win mm. something, you're always at risk of losing it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to see us go backwards. That's the thing. We're seeing... Everything going, well, not everything going backwards. Some things are improving. Like, there's a lot of cultural stuff that as a society, I think we're getting much better in. And, and that's like acknowledgement of trans issues and things is one of them. Mm. But on a lot of things, I think we're, we're going backwards.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, workers' rights has just been in yeah. sort of steady decline for the last <laughs> my lifetime.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Any wins on, basically.
0: Oh, that'd be nice. Evie, I think that's a good point that, like, coming out of lockdown and the pandemic, everyone's like, Can we just have a win? I'm very tired. Mm-hmm. I, I think that acknowledging that the sort of the, the progressive fight will never be won is a separate thing to sort of demanding that every person with, politi- uh, like, progressive political leanings personally continues to fight with all their energy the whole time. Like... Mm. Yeah. Burnout's real.
1: Yeah. Everyone should take a
0: break. It's okay to rest. <laughs> it's it's okay to retire. You know, like at a certain point you've got to say I'm old. I've I've mm. I've put in so much I don't have any more to give. Like that's th- there's no judgment coming from me on that. I I just think that the idea that there's a there's a sort of one achievable goal after which things are good is is just a a, a mirage
1: yeah like like, I, i it's i'm glad that you like sort of separated those two concepts out because i do think that there is a lot of guilt about like you know i can't keep fighting this i'm i'm so i'm so tired this week i really can't look at the news like Hell, mm. I'm, yeah. that's me on a daily basis lately. Like, I, I, I wish things would stop happening, just full stop. I think
0: that's also <laughs> – I think that's actually a really good point that, like, <laughs> burnout's real if you are an activist and you burn out. Like hey uh, oh no we have one fewer activist right yeah. that sucks like y- you you need to also pace yourself even in the sort of like day to day week to week month to month work that you're that you're doing mm. because like if you if you say i can never stop because this fight's too important mm-hmm. then you will be stopped yes. by <laughs> physical yeah. health yeah. you know
2: it's hustle culture
0: it's hustle culture. Oh, oh God, it is. Don't buy into hustle culture. If you if you feel like you have to fight every day because the fight's too important, no you're a dirty capitalist. No, no, no,
1: no activist grind set. No. Um.
2: <laughs> it's it's the it's the myth. It's the myth that whether or not you succeed is entirely down to how hard you work. Um, that is a myth when it comes to success in money and you know Kim Kardashian shit. And it's a myth. <laughs> It's a myth when it comes to politics, (laughs) at least on an individual level. Yeah. Because one person working super hard, like, A, you can't control how hard you can work. You're a human being. You have limits. Mm. And, B, one person never changes the system. You've got to have a whole lot of people all supporting each other to keep up that momentum. Yeah. So, this is, like,
1: bringing back to the original point about, like, demanding things of people who do become our leaders in a structure such as a democratic society like they are just one person but they are one person or a group of people in a parliament who are enabled Mm. by the decisions that everyone makes as a whole And Mm. you always have to think about it like, you know, my individual actions aren't going to change the situation. And so I need to pace myself so that Mm. I can fight with everyone else and so that we can all do this and we can all, like, you know, sort of engender that change. And, like, you know, this guy is probably a bit of a piece of shit, but... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> almost definitely.
1: In to the bring end, it back
0: to the, the incoming <laughs> Labor leader of South Australia. In who, the end, remember, we're still talking about
1: <laughs> In the end, he is a politician and politicians do want to stay in power. And mm. there, is a, there is a lot to be said for the power in influencing that desire to stay there and they will do anything
0: for it. Oh yeah! If he, if he was good before the the second that he became premier, he stopped being good. Fuck. Um, this. It's also important
2: to it's important to a- acknowledge that the whole individual's can do so much stuff stops applying once you're part of a political party because yeah. the whole point yeah. there is you have a team of specialists and all of the support you can have and friggin' secretaries and s- experts and stuff that mean y- you're no no longer functioning as an individual. You've got effectively uh, d- piles and piles of resources. Yeah, yeah you're part of the hive
0: now. You're part of the yeah.
2: part of the system. <laughs> um, you can get sick and be replaced by another faceless labour drone. Also, yeah. an interesting thing to remember with South Australia is that they don't have a strong fossil fuel industry. They are still a part of Australia that is run by giant industrialists, but they're agricultural and mining ones. Uh, they're not beholden to fossil fuels as much as the rest of Australia. Mm. I'm not saying that has anything to do with it, but it's something interesting to keep He's in mind. Coming
0: in. We got a clean energy future. We're gonna get take our big battery and make it bigger. Exactly.
2: <laughs> South Australia is already like the cleanest state in Australia. Um, and Tasmania, of course.
0: Adelaide's is. beautiful, I keep telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide's beautiful.
1: Fuck this guy. Um, I'm really <laughs> glad that we got through this whole segment without talking about any of the stupid little like, things about his Instagram or anything like that. But, don't, yeah. don't. I <laughs> wasn't aware
2: there were some.
0: <laughs> and cut. <laughs> In terms of progressive issues, going backwards, the federal <laughs> court has ruled unanimously that the federal environment minister does not owe a duty of care to future generations when exercising a power to approve a new coal mine. What well, They got it wrong the first time yeah. around. Whoops-a-daisy. You don't have to think of the children.
2: I think the words they used were the judge was like, and in conclusion... Fuck the kids of the future. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the
0: last two pages of the ruling are just big, bold impact font. To hell!
1: (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this, um, but before we go into my hot takes about this, I Mm -hmm. thought we might just go into sort of some background about this particular decision and what's happened.
0: Right. I had to look it up because I was like, this seems insane. Like, this seems so indefensible. (laughs) (laughs) How have they arrived at this? horrifying ruling and obviously it's they've arrived at it by a series of steps that are like oh that's fair enough hey yeah oh that makes a lot of logical sense (laughs) that's because the legal system
1: is arrived at by a series of logical decisions that make common Mm. sense (laughs) there were three judges um in this ruling and they all had pretty like well thought out and sensible reasons um that they had in each of their decisions Justice James Alsop was, um, said that the courts aren't the right place for this kind of decision. It's a decision oh, yeah? for the democratically elected government.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: That, that sounds fair enough.
2: It'd be nice yep. to have one of those though, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Justin Jonathan Beach, he reckoned that the casual link between an environment minister opening a new coal mine and the children's future being annihilated mm-hmm. wasn't direct enough to warrant a specific duty of care. And he left, yeah. he left open the possibility of a future claim Um, Mm. if any of these specific children are later directly Mm. impacted by climate change. So basically, (laughs) not enough to say now that there's a link, but... (sighs) If any of these children die in like mm. a giant bushfire <laughs> or have their home flooded, oh then they God. might be able to come back and argue for a duty care. Look, for the I can't instead.
0: rule in favour of you today, but if you come back when you're dead, mm. then maybe I'll be more inclined <laughs> to thank you. <laughs> Jesus,
2: face. fucking and, Christ! And the
0: final—no, no, sorry, that's fair enough. Though it's very logical. It, it, mm. it, it makes
1: pure sense by the rule of the law. So the final justice, uh, Justice Eugene Willahan, said that the. Relevant laws don't establish a relationship between the teens who bought the case and that the current legislation doesn't establish that protection of the public from personal injury caused by climate change as the environment minister's responsibility. Again, yep. fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> That's fair
0: enough. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is just the the, the, the the federal court being like, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you children We're giving yeah. this one to the bad guys Because logic says yeah. we're good people if we do that And that's, Look, that's what the logic says The logic says they're good people if they do that Let it not be said That I think that the, all the federal court Are fundamentally bad people I'd never say that <laughs> logically mm. Logically and according to the rule of law They're good people And anyone who doubts that Is legally, legally incorrect <laughs> They've looked up the legislation. Yeah, I've looked up the legislation, and they're good. All the children are dead, but mm. in a way that's good, in a way that's fair enough, in a way that makes sense.
2: Sorry, guys, uh, the law, which we're in charge of, being like super high up judges that make rulings.
0: Oh, Australia is a common law state, Wayne.
2: Because because <laughs> these judges make decisions. They get to decide. They get to. Inter- they even sometimes get to be like, well. I'm going to make an interpretation of this law because I believe that the way this law was written does not accurately reflect our current situation. They get to make these calls, or they get to hide yep. behind the law sometimes. And look, they could make the call to hide behind the law. There we yeah.
1: are. It's yeah. fair enough. So th- we
2: we can we can judge them uh, for their judgments. But uh, oh no, wait, wait, wait! I'm not an appointed judge. I could never judge them. Like. <laughs> we can, can judge have a take- them morally. I can
0: have a take that this guy's a fuckhead, not any particular guy.
2: <laughs> and in the future, when these kids, you know, homes and lives are fucked up by climate change, which these judges acknowledge will definitely happen, because oh not yeah, they do the acknowledge science. that. <laughs> they go, oh yeah, stone cold science. This is a problem that will harm children. Yeah.
0: We acknowledge in our ruling that we're pulling a lever that kicks off a Rube Goldberg machine that, at the other end, throws a knife through a kid's head. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the Rube Goldberg machine spells out it's fair enough. On the wall, right? And So it's and okay,
2: it's fair enough. Most of the Rube Goldberg machine is big law books toppling like dominoes. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: and each one knocks over a stack of money into a fossil fuel executive's hands.
2: Yeah, because the fossil fuel executive set up that Rube Goldberg machine. Um, <laughs> and at any point the judge could put his hand in there and be like, mm, actually... Let's think about this for a second. But they chose not to.
0: Oh, no, no, no. That wouldn't be fair enough, Lang. You see, I'd be interrupting the process that spells out fair enough. And that wouldn't
2: be fair enough. I'd have to go out on a limb and I really need to get to dinner today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I stopped that kid being executed by the Rube Goldberg machine that I started, maybe I'd be committing a crime. (laughs)
1: Let it be said this podcast has no respect for the law.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of respect for the law. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the rule of law especially. Uh, look, my, my sort of – there's something that Susan Leigh um, said after this judgment, which is that she said, I want to separate the emotional response from the legal question before the court.
0: <laughs> she's she's talking about the, the the backlash to the ruling of all the children being like, no, we'll die. Susan Lee's like, kids, calm down. <laughs> there's I'm a mad legal about question this. at hand.
1: I'm mad about this. Because, and this might be a bit unpopular, but I actually don't think that this case really ever had a hope of succeeding in so far as being like, you know, going by the letter of the law. Because the legal system isn't fit mm. for purpose for this. Our laws aren't fit yeah. for purpose for this. The, the legal system, we aren't going to win The victory that we need to protect our futures and our children's futures by the law because the law is not built for this. And everything in this structure that we live in is going to Mm. fight tooth and nail to stop that. So, why did we think, why did we think at any opportunity that the legal system was actually going to help us? See, I have a really sort of big bone to pick with this because the current sort of state of progressive politics seems to focus quite a bit on using the legal system to enact justice. And mm. we have countless examples in the last week, let alone the last, you know, century of how the legal system does not bring justice. I can tell you like so mm. many things we've even discussed on this podcast, like even just like the Royal Commissions, the countless Royal Commissions, um, you know, the class actions, um, if anything that where we've sought justice through the legal system for a fundamental wrong that has happened mm. and nothing has come to pass. If you think of like it's the class action into robo debt, what happened from that? Mm. That was a fundamental wrong. Where we stole money from people who didn't have that money um, on the yes. basis
0: of a it lie and nothing happened. From many it. of them to death. Yes. Mm.
1: Exactly. Uh, If you think about the Royal Commission uh, into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, how many people have died since that Royal Commission? Has anything changed as a result? Uh, Another police officer just walked free after killing Mm. an Aboriginal uh, child. You know, Mm. this is so many examples that you could list off the top of your head of the legal system constantly failing us when it comes to justice. One thing I just constantly think about, especially in light of something like this, is when are we going to accept that? When are we going to accept that the legal system is not going to bring justice? And if we accept that, what happens next? Because Mm. this is it, isn't it? Like, if the legal system isn't even going to do the start of trying to protect and ensure our
2: future. Or even say that it has to.
0: Yeah. what, What comes next? I wonder about that. There's a, there's a, I, I, like, I think that you're absolutely right that the legal system is not there to protect us. And the idea that, like, <laughs> there's sort of easy or even, like, difficult wins to be gained there is like, mm. we know that the fossil fuel industry has had massive influence in the Australian government for decades and decades. Mm. The idea that the, the legislation is not drafted, but, like, to protect them is. Ridiculous, and the legal system too.
1: Like, like if you think of the penalties towards protesters, like Mm. penalties towards protesters, you know, people can be jailed for quite some time now if they're protesting.
2: I mean, we see penalties for protesters being actively written, like around the world right now, to protect um, fossil fuel companies from this new, like, response of protesters.
0: Yeah, but there's a sort of another side to that issue Mm. where. The sort of the idea that, like, oh, you know, if we wake up to the fact that the legal system is not going to protect us, what then? Like, you know, <laughs> what then? Like, mm. <laughs> a bunch of people will give up. Is 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 what then? I think
1: no, no. Like, I I know mm. what you mean by that. Like, I think, I think it's just sort of like we have to realize that we 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 need a new mode of thinking for it because, like, using the modes that we have. It's still, like, I think, like, I've I also got this point of view, I think, purely because I also work in the legal system and I mm. see that kind of injustice. Um, and, like, and for me at least, my my belief is that, you know, justice is usually doled out to who can afford it.
0: It, 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 it sounds like you're saying that the people who are currently fighting the fight within the legal system should stop doing that, mm. which sounds like it's just going to make things easier for the sort of people that they're fighting against. Like, if all of those lawsuits suddenly disappeared today, I don't think the fossil fuel executives would be, like, fully neutral on that. Like, I think that it does cost them time and money. I think that it does cost them, you know, like, resources and morale. That's true. There's there's sort of a principle within climate action that I've seen a a few different times in a few different ways, which is, like, we are fighting some incredibly big powers. The fight is very, very difficult. Yeah. No individual is ever going to have a chance at, like, actually making progress without being part of a community. So the only way to, to to fight it is to be everywhere. Yeah. And that means to be in the courts and in local government or whatever and in, you know, the sort of the, the back the room streets. of a power plant with a, with a ski mask yeah. over your face <laughs> and, you know, like to be everywhere. And I think that, like, I, I think that if a, a, a lawyer activist who's really passionate about that mm. – yeah. Wakes up one morning and is like, "Fuck! Nah, the whole shit's a scam. I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna win the climate fight through this action. Mm. I don't think that that lawyer is necessarily gonna put on the ski mask and go into the back room of the power plant. <laughs> I think that that lawyer is just gonna be like, I quit.' My whole life's been a waste. Yeah, fuck it. I'm just gonna uh-huh. get a job at KPMG and <laughs> just like, just, just." Just, you know, just whatever. Who gives a shit? The whole thing's impossible anyway. Like, I, I don't Hang think on. that that's necessarily a thing that is going to energise the people who are currently fighting that fight. I think
1: basically, like, what my sort of thinking is less about, like, no climate change-oriented legislation because there should be. There should be, like, you know, there should be things like land disputes, for example. Um, There should be things that, are, like... I think it's the concrete nature of it. Like, to me the concrete nature of a duty of care towards our children is very real. But I think ironically that there is a duty of care in people who are wanting to change the legal system in like how they sort of what, like, you know, what cases they take on, what, how, like, you know, their approach in doing this, because look, I think there has to be, I think there has to be an acceptance that you're not going to win every fight in the legal system, perhaps, sure. is what I'm going to say.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. On board with that. But I think that, like, even with this one, we were I, I don't think we were like, oh, man, they're going to hit that duty of care and Australia is immediately going to implement a friggin' urgent and drastic transition toward renewables yeah. and away mm. from fossil fuels. Like, even if this duty of care was held up the federal government would be finding loopholes in that constantly. They They would still be opening power plants. They would still be opening new gas fields. That would still continue to happen. It would just be more difficult for them. They would have to spend more money on lawyers to find more loopholes to cross more T's and dot more I's. Like, it's just like... The, it, it needs to be a death by a thousand cuts of the fossil fuel industry. There's no sword that's going to lop off its head.
2: That's such a good point. My take on this is that they went into this knowing they were David against Goliath, with the yes, one absolutely. difference. Yes, Obviously, yes, that David killed Goliath, but he shouldn't have because he had God, and they didn't. <laughs> look, I've gotten out of the metaphor. Um, the thing yeah, here poor is, old Goliath. it was a Goliath
0: versus David, their,
2: court fight. Their, their aim. And their victory here, because I think they did accomplish good things, was not in the legal system. It was showing, hey, this got in the papers for an extended period of time. Everyone mm. in my bubbles knows who Susan Lee is now, and we know she's a monster. Um, we know that the legal system is not protecting us now, and now when, when someone says, well, why don't you go to the legal system we can say but we did and it didn't work that's why we're wearing a ski mask in a power plant Hmm. um we tried the proper channels and this is this is what happens with like protesters for all sorts of things it's like civil rights in america where they go oh why don't you just go to the proper channels instead of blocking up the road they're like we tried the proper channels didn't work so now we're here um and you've got to be doing both of those things You, you can have a handful of school kids and a nun In the courts, taking Susan Lee to courts, putting her in front of the newspapers, making her very uncomfortable, forcing her to defend this indefensible position. And that's a really good thing. Because it means that at the same time we can also be protesting. And now we can be like, wow, now we're protesting a government who thinks they don't have duty of care against the children? Right, you can write that on a placard. (laughs) Right. Before it was just implied. We just assumed it. (laughs) But now we've got it written down that the government thinks they don't need to give a shit about children when they make fossil fuel decisions. We've got Joel Fitzgibbon on Twitter saying... Federal court judges have overturned a finding that the Australian government has a duty of care to protect children from harms caused by climate change when assessing mining products. It's an important decision at law and a welcome victory for common sense. There we. It's fair enough. Like- he said <laughs> he that on Twitter. <laughs> he admitted. He admitted. That's that's a great thing to force people to say we don't care about kids and we we are happy to say that. Like I think this is. Obviously, it's not good that the legal system's come to this conclusion. And the legal system is not fit for purpose, exactly like you said, Evie, because it's designed to protect power. And now we can say we tried. Yeah. And now we can say, fuck the legal system. We tried.
0: (laughs) I think that there's a bit of a myth that, like, well, not a myth. I think there's a bit of an illusion that when there's a particular high-profile fight in any Mm. cause, that's the fight that's Mm. happening. Mm. But there's so many of them. And there's also, like when a particular movement, when they fail at a particular goal or whatever, mm. um, that that necessarily constitutes like, well, that whole thing, you know, was that fizzled out sort of thing. Like you look at, um, say, Extinction Rebellion, right? Yeah. Which was sort of, had a lot of energy behind it and then did some sort of <laughs> kind of lame shit and then fizzled a bit and they're still doing stuff. It's, it's just, on. who knows where they're at now. Yeah. Sort of... No no matter what happened there, like, some people got, like, you know, uh, disillusioned by that particular movement. But no matter what, that place is still, like, a social club for Mm. climate activists, right? People are going to be meeting each other at those events. And regardless of what happens to the movement as a whole, Mm. those connections still exist.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Rosa Parks got dragged off that bus. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> but it was like that was the point
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, look I, I also really like your point about the death by a thousand cuts um draining mm. those resources yes mm. like you know um the fossil fuel industry does have like enormous resources when it comes to you know well-paid lawyers um well-paid legal funds um you know the, the persistence to fight these legal battles but i think you're right in that the answer is we have to meet them at that gate and say well you think you can starve us out of this fight but we won't
0: mm. yeah and money's not the only kind of resource i really want to hit that morale's a real resource as well yeah like every fossil fuel industry lawyer has children who hate them more and more every day right like <laughs> yep. that, so do that's these real.
2: judges i hope
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> No, the judges are fair enough, Lang. They made a good, sensible legal decision.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, it's the rules. See these books here? They said you have to die. (laughs) Weren't those books written long before climate change was a thing by people whose entire political and legal structures has been shown mostly to be based on lies? That's true. (sighs) (laughs) But I have to follow the rules. The rules say so.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
2: (laughs) Um, There is a... I mean, I follow a lot of angry climate people on Twitter uh, because that's how you stay in shape.
0: <laughs> that's where they are. We've got a B everywhere, and that includes Twitter.
2: <laughs> I am totally out of touch with the common man, thanks to that, but I have a lot of good takes. Um, Peter Kalmas, uh with a K, on Twitter, had a quite a good bit earlier this week where he said one of the most important things is to take risks as a climate activist. Like, And that doesn't mean, again break into a power plant with a ski mask if that's not your style but it's it's speak up in your job when you're a high court judge you know stick your neck out a little bit because odds on everybody is is feeling things but most people don't want to take risks Mm. and taking risks is fucking hard but if nobody takes risks nothing changes when you do take risks when you Buddy, stick your neck out when you speak up, when you go, hey, what if we didn't do this thing? That's how things happen. Mm. You know what? I should say this for the actions at the end. Um, <laughs> say it again whatever the your, actions at the end. Whatever your job is, you can probably find a way to be like, hey, what if we talked about climate some more? Hey, have we considered climate in this? Why aren't we considering climate? Whose job is that? When Just will that the- happen?
0: just in the Zoom meeting at the start of the day, just being like, oh, God, how's everyone feeling? I'm feeling shit about climate change.
2: Yeah, we haven't talked about climate change at this job and I feel like it's something everyone should probably be, everyone's worrying about it and no one's talking about it. Let's have a chat about climate change. And they're like, oh, we have an agenda. And I'm like, well, I have an agenda. (laughs)
0: <laughs> my <laughs> colleagues, if you're listening to this podcast, this counts. I, I didn't bring it up on the stand-up this morning because I, I said it on the podcast, I know you listen to it. So, <laughs> my, my job's done, but other listeners, you've got to bring it up.
1: In the meantime, while we're talking about, you know, climate change and whether we're going to protect kids' futures or not, Scott Morrison um, has said that Australia is just becoming a harder place to live. Just, you mm. know, just naturally. It's just natural.
2: Yep. Deal with it. We are dealing with a different climate to the one we were dealing with before. I think that's just an obvious fact. And Australia is getting hard to live in because of these disasters.
0: It's, oh Yeah, climate change, our, our fault. It's just, obviously, it's becoming a harder place to live, kids. I, I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you're going to live through this. <laughs> I'm just,
2: just uh, yeah, it's getting harder. Nothing to do with me. Yeah, it obviously sucks. Dealing with climate change isn't just about getting emissions down. It's about resilience and adaptation. Uh... Yeah, it's it's also about getting emissions down. Yeah. I want to say that
0: mostly about getting emissions down. Hey? That's
2: the main thing I think.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> dealing with drowning isn't just about getting out of the water; it's also about holding your breath.
0: No, no. De- dealing with this food poisoning <laughs> isn't me stopping eating all this raw chicken. It's also me having a lie down and sweating a lot. <laughs> but but also stop eating the raw chicken. The raw stuff, chicken's
2: obviously. main thing. <laughs>
1: So I, I just want to like the reason um, why this sort of change in Scott Morrison's messaging when it comes to Australia's climate—it's uh, very interesting to me because again, it's something <laughs> why has we've talked about. this change come
0: about? Is it because half the fucking country is underwater? Yeah, like it's just
1: like it's—he's it's just a completely unavoidable that he has to say it because half of Australia is underwater. Um, it's something we've talked about. On this podcast before And it's something that's talked about quite a bit In sort of climate change um, journalism Which is the five stages of climate denial um, Mm. Which is based around sort of like You know, the five stages of grief And um, this Mm. particularly was coined by Professor Catherine Hayhoe Um, So the five stages of climate denial are Number one, it's not real It's like, you know, it's a hoax Number Mm. two That's the Nationals Number two, it's not humans (laughs) Let's, like, you know, mm. the, the, anyone who's a scientist who says this is, like, you know, they're alarmists or they're warmists, oh, you know, volcano. it's oh, yeah, all yeah, that's natural. That's
0: One Nation. Yep, that's yep. How.
1: Number three is actually warmer is better. So mm. why are you complaining? Uh, number four yep. is it's <laughs> too expensive to fix. And this is mm. just the environment that we live in now. And you know, yeah, like like, this is the federal
0: government. This
1: is this is the like you know, Australia is a hard place to live. And number five is it's too late. You scientists really should have warned us earlier.
0: (sighs) Oh, that's a grim one.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) I'm kind of like I'm thinking Scott Morrison's statements are round about four, maybe sliding towards five already.
0: I think he's a slam dunk four, and he will be till the day he dies. Yeah. Uh, Like yeah. I think we're going to see like a new younger generation of of, of, of like conservative politicians who are like, well, you know, we got to deal with it. This, mm. It's too late for any of it. But I think Scott Morrison's just going to be like, ah, uh, well, it's more about, you know, he said that you want to deal with floods, you got to build dams. <laughs> uh, which I just want to note that the IPCC report in talking about maladaptation uh, lists just jumping straight to dams as a solution to flooding as the first example of things that. <laughs> like you, not necess- You shouldn't necessarily do because they can also like if you just dam up a oh we'll just dam up the river. That's yeah. all we need to do. that won't have other ecological effects on our very fragile climate. Just dam it up Australia famously
1: not having you know large examples of where damming or changing the water systems has affected our <laughs> snowy mountains like like the, the, nothing to do with like the Murray or anything like that like we've constantly fucked up the water supply.
2: I should also point out that a lot of the areas affected by these floods did have dams like
0: <laughs> they built bigger dams like
2: like like they built yeah, those all built dams on and they went too. They went, this dam is bigger than we will ever need. We've predicted it out. We're good. And then they went, Oh no. Oh, we need a bigger <laughs> so you're dam. You're saying
0: that every election cycle, politicians need to be promising taller and taller dams as part of our infrastructure investment. Yeah. Yes. Right.
2: Because the trick is, the trick is you've got to build out those floodplains more. You got to get more concrete. You got to get more inf- We got to fix the climate change with good old fashioned Aussie waterway engineering.
0: And that doesn't include building trees to improve the drainage and, like, water <laughs> no, no, storage no, no, no. potential of, a, of an area. We're not building trees. We're not fucking greenies.
2: You've got a lot of attachments to make yeah. the money to build the dams.
0: The only tree I'm planning is to log it later.
1: I keep thinking of this viral picture that I saw on Twitter, which was off, like a building site like it had like a sign by a developer saying new apartments to be built here in 2022 and oh, it was underwater. literally underwater it's just like oh, <laughs> hell. just like I no recognition it. of the environment that you're in uh, like you know we talk about resilience yeah let's build a new apartment block on a literal floodplain
2: you there's no dam big enough to stop like okay there is uh, yeah. <laughs> you could build, you could build a stupid big dam, but at that point you're 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 just spitting in the face of nature. Um, and this is the thing. Scott Morrison says, "Oh, it's about resilience and adaptation and and working in this new few, new new normal or whatever the fuck he says." Yeah, this
0: new rapidly accelerating normal. <laughs> it's just going to get more <laughs> and more normal every it's year. It's
2: just an apocalypse. We're all. Go- yes, the IPC says we're all going to die, and we've got to deal with that. Death yeah. is it that <laughs> the bad. new normal everyone um, dead but you'll also notice that during the floods uh he doesn't have a lot of assistance to give so he's not helping people be resilient or adapt he's saying people should deal with it not build in floodplains. Hey, this is about this is on the communities to fix it's a community response that can't you help each other out
0: yeah the new normal is get used to the fact that the government will not help you ever
2: We're not going to prevent them. We're not going to help you deal with them. And by the time you're looking for reparations, we'll hopefully be dead or retired in Argentina somewhere.
0: (laughs) Scott Morrison has also said that uh, coal power plants should run as long as they possibly can.
2: You need to continue to run your coal-fired power stations for as long as you possibly can. And that is our policy. We want them to run as long as they possibly can. Well, that one we can plan for. Yeah.
0: He, this is at a, a sort of town hall uh, sort of thing that he did on uh, Sky News, and uh, y- yeah, he, hmm. he, he said that the coal power coal power stations should run as long as they possibly can to provide baseload power because, well, with hmm. renewable energy, you know, he, he deployed that line when the wind doesn't always blow and the sun yeah. doesn't always shine.
2: There is a lot of reno- renewable power in the system, but you're right; it is it is. Um, it, it it doesn't work when the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing.
0: Which is uh, wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> Just, one, we can build batteries and, two, like, <laughs> it, it shines every day, <laughs> Scott. Look, <laughs>
2: this... Renewable energy oh isn't God. reliable. Not like coal power plants, which are super reliable. I mean, un- unless there's a heat wave or unless they're underwater, <laughs> which they yeah. do, we can rely on the fact that heat waves and floods will get worse thanks to the coal power plants.
1: Also, like, sorry, this is just like 101 arguments against renewable energy that were like 20, 30 years ago. Oh, no, well, what if there's not a windy day. We won't be able to get wind oh, power. Yeah. Like, fuck off.
0: Trivially debunkable arguments, which is why he's doing the, the fucking town, town hall on Sky News, because I think if he went really anywhere up from there, they'd be like, hold on a sec, wrong.
2: But again, we've established that trying to gotcha the government uh, doesn't work. Like, the legal system doesn't work.
1: Fuck a legal system... All my homies hate legal
2: systems. Fuck a government. All my homies hate government. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take them down through extracurricular means, and the extracurricular means that requires is up to the government, basically. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we'll let them draft the legislation that will follow to continued
0: existence of humanity. It's <laughs> just that
2: you can you can see that a, a population that gets increasingly desperate uh, as the temperature goes up from where it is right now at a degree above normal. Australia is currently sitting because of, of like, local e- effects at about 1.4 degrees above normal. As that keeps rising, the population is not going to resort to more and more desperate legal means. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Just, just
0: brace yourself, Scott Morrison. There's going to be a lot of uh, graffiti. Huh.
2: We are going to come up with some pretty creative uh, parade floats, I tell you. It's
0: going to be some jaywalking.
2: (laughs) Oh, we might glue ourselves to something.
0: (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) Actions this week. Uh, speak up (laughs) be everywhere that's the one be everywhere figure out what kind of power you have and try and use that to fight for the climate because well I I was going to say nobody else will but that's everybody else will except for a much smaller group of people I don't know the federal government What are you going to do, not? That's the other... Come on.
2: Everyone's waiting for everyone else to speak up and everyone's going, it's not really my job to speak up because I've got this other stuff to do. But surprise, it's actually no one's job right now to fix climate. Because if it was someone's job, uh, we would have fixed it.
0: The people whose job it is opening coal mines and ruling ah. that you're allowed to do that without thinking of children. thats the, yeah. the people whose job it is are doing the opposite. So somebody else has got to volunteer.
2: If your community or your workplace has uh, enough people whose job it is specifically to talk and think about climate, um, A, let me know, I want a, I want a job there. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> um, <looking. laughs> and, and B, you would know about it. Like, you wouldn't be worried about this. You'd be like, well, this is sorted. We've got (laughs) Janet, whose job it is to be like, okay, everybody, just making sure we're all on board with climate stuff. They don't. They probably don't. That's got to be your job. And (laughs) making that fuss until everyone else gets it through their skulls that it needs to be someone's job.
0: Get in your Zoom meeting in the morning. Who's putting in the purchasing order for the ski masks? Who's getting the schematics
2: (laughs) for the power plant?
0: We have work to do.
1: Think about it in terms of it doesn't have to be specific. Like, everyone makes a lot of fun of, like, neoliberal ideas of helping solve climate change, like, you know, Mm. um, using reusable cups and whatever. Um, Think of, like, what does it mean to participate in the fight for saving our future um, Mm. with other people? You know, does it mean like, you know, participating in community groups that helps keep your community like, you know, safe and protected from the effects of climate change? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of ways in which that can look like. It can even just mean like, you know, ways in which you talk to other people about the way that you're feeling and like, you know, what you want to do next or how you want to educate yourself. You know, there's so many ways you can do that in a way that is sustainable to your own mental health too.
2: Hey, I couldn't help but notice that we're being sponsored by Shell. Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that is everyone else okay with that? Um, yeah. I think maybe we should look at that.
0: I think you don't even need to jump into the sort of like, you know, active sort of like tangible action thing immediately. Like the the thing of just sort of like, if you don't have people in your life right now that you regularly talk to about climate change, mm. like f- step one, build that cell. Right? Mm. Yeah. Like, if, if one person at the organization is like, no, nah, I don't think we should get sponsored by Shell, like, you, you know, I'm sorry to say that that push is probably not going to be successful. But if you just sort of have a bit of a whinge in the break room occasionally yeah, until you've it sounded starts. out the people who are pro climate and then you talk to them directly a little mm. bit later and go, did you notice we're being sponsored by Shell? Do you reckon that's fucked? Then later, once you have those people, instead of just one person being like, I think it's maybe fucked that we're a bit sponsored by Shell, y- you can have you speaking up and then a little, you know, like quote unquote organically, six other people in the meeting going like, hold on a second, yeah, that is mm. a bit fucked. This is the first I've heard of it and I disagree. Like y- you can do that if you have yeah. people around you. That's much, much, much more possible.
1: That, that's how like all these movements in like smaller, like sort of industries are happening. And even in bigger ones, like the AFL uh, players who are like, you know, wants like proactive mm. change on climate change, they're, a lot of them are not happy about the fact that their teams are sponsored by fossil fuel companies, and mm-hmm. they're saying so. You know, this is how that happens. Like, you talk about it with other people around you and go, actually, I'm not happy with this status quo. I don't like the yeah. social cachet that fossil fuel companies have.
2: Grumble about it in your break room or post a thing on your team's chat where you're like, man, saw this messed up story today, or, oh, I saw this cool thing about footballers speaking out about climate change. Like... Just put it. Just mention it. If it's not getting yeah. mentioned, just bring it up. That I think that's
0: the big one. Is like if you have like if if, if you're listening and you, and you don't have a sort of cell of people who are talking about climate change, you probably do know somebody in your social circle who does talk about climate change. And if you don't, then become that person so mm. that the people who are quietly fret, afraid about climate change can reach out to you. Like that's mm. that's the sort of the first couple steps. And then once you have that cell, like. We're not useful anymore. You will have a group of people who understand your context. They're the people who you should be listening to
2: actions from. Well, I mean, and, and tell them the stuff we've said. Keep that conversation yeah. going. And tell them to listen to Not Good Enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode. You can get in
0: touch with us on all the socials at not good Pod, or email us at not good pod at protonmail.com. Yes.
2: <laughs> one, one last thing I wanted to say is if you're wondering... If it feels awkward or you like, but I don't want to talk about the apocalypse, but I don't want to talk about political things. Just think about how you talk about coronavirus at your work or with your work people. Because I guarantee you do. I guarantee it is an everyday topic of conversation and it's not that scary anymore. Um You can talk about it in the same way. Oh. This coronavirus stuff's kind of annoying. Ah, did you read this thing about coronavirus? Hey, how are you going with the coronavirus? Like, see, it's easy. Just replace the coronavirus with climate change.
0: Coronavirus,
2: (laughs) (laughs) m'lady? Stupid. Not Good Enough is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We want to pay our respects to their ancestors and elders and to acknowledge um, and, and remind everyone that this land was never ceded.